All right, welcome back. It's the uh, final hour of the Ken Miller Show. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from noon until 2. Talking uh, sports with you still to come. We'll do our Hawkeye Swarm, the first of those segments that we'll hear uh, as they build up to football. Um, and then we'll kind of do a little tube talk as to what we're going to, what catches our attention tonight. Well, the NBA, Trent, credit where credit is due. Last year, as we recall, the first round of the uh, NBA playoffs were uh, really uh, bad, quite frankly. Yeah. Not a lot of drama at all. Can't say the same about this one. Josh Martin, uh, he joins us seemingly on a weekly basis as we wake our, make our way through these uh, playoffs. Josh Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming on. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Today? Doing fine. Hey, before we get into the what we've seen and what we're going to see going forward, I know that when you get out of here with Trent and I, you're busy headed off to do a podcast. Where can our NBA uh, fans uh, listening to us here, where can they find this, Josh? And they can find it all over the place. The podcast is called Hollywood Hoops. I co-host it with a colleague of mine by the name of Eric Pincus, who covers the Lakers for Bleacher Report. He's a salary cap expert in the NBA. Uh, our podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, uh, Megaphone, Stitcher. Uh, you can find it on the website clnsmedia.com, the website almightyballer.com. And every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, so 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, out your guys' way on the Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Well, uh, we're getting ready for tonight after uh, the start of the conference semifinals. And I think all eyes are going to be on LeBron this evening, what he has in store for Toronto. You know, historically, they played well against this Raptors team. Still, the new-look uh, Cavaliers. I go back to some of the things that I said after the trades at the trade deadline by the Cavs, looking a little bit silly. Are they going to be able to get anything out of the Rodney Hoods of the world, some of the guys they brought in, Larry Nance Jr.? Do you see anything happening there? Is it just, LeBron, hey, everybody jump on my back? Well, it's sort of a a tough situation, right? Because I'm sure LeBron would love for those guys to contribute and will give them opportunities to do so. But by the same token, I don't know how much of a leash – he and, by extension, I guess, Tyron Lou are going to give those young players like Clarkson and Nance and uh, Rodney Hood because they're in the playoffs, and it's not time to, for them to really figure out how to play and, and how to make things work. they got to be able to go in there and produce. But in order for the Cavs to you know, have an extended run to get back to the finals, they're going to need something out of those guys, anything out of those guys. And Look, it, it's... It's great for, for Ty Lue and that team that they still have five guys from last year's last year's Eastern Conference Championship team. you got LeBron, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Korver, and J.R. Smith. But that's it. But that lineup is a pretty good start. And if you can get squeeze something, anything out of you know, those other three young guys we talked about, plus George Hill, then that's not a bad rotation, and that might be enough to get you at least out of the second round and potentially out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Josh, I want to go back to the uh, the first round of the play just because I want to bring up Victor Oladipo, who really, to me, was a revelation. I mean, at Indiana, he was a nice player, and I know his final season. He left, I want to say, after his junior. I'm pretty sure about that. And, and he had a nice junior year. But, it, but he seemingly, I don't know what it was early in his professional career at Orlando and then again the, uh, uh, the year or whatever it was at Oklahoma City, He's really come into his own. Did you see this coming? And I mean, Victor Oladipo, for, he carried Indiana uh, in that series against uh, Cleveland. I mean, it's hard to say anyone really saw this coming. I don't even know if the Pacers 
saw this coming, but he's still a relatively young player. You're talking about a guy who's now 25 years old, um, you know, was 24 coming into the season, had been in the league for four years before this one, and had been in some really strange situations, right? His first three years, he's in Orlando, the Magic. Don't seem to have any idea how they're going to go about, or didn't seem to have any idea how they were going to go about rebuilding after the Dwight Howard departure, and uh, that sort of set things back and probably set things back for, for Victor as well. And then he winds up in Oklahoma City, and it's, it's sort of a weird situation there too because you know he's supposed to be the second fiddle to Russ on a team where really Victor was supposed to be third fiddle behind Russ and KD, and that's not how things played out. So um, that was sort of strange. But in everything that I've seen, I've read, and I've heard is that Victor really learned a lot from that year in Oklahoma City. He learned how to work, especially from Russell Westbrook. And so now he comes in to Indiana with sort of that mentality of, of leading by example, of, of being the worker, of being someone who has that sort of ferocity both on and off the court. And obviously that's translated in a huge way and has totally changed the trajectory of the Indiana Pacers franchise. Where once after... You know, trading away Paul George, it looked like, okay, maybe they're going to have to tank and rebuild around Miles Turner. Now they have two really intriguing, really talented young pillars in Victor and Miles that they can look to the future to be the foundation of their team and really set the course for what they're going to be for the next, you know, however many years those guys are together. So uh, to game two tonight, New Orleans, is it inevitable sweep? Maybe they get a game out of it. Does it feel that way to you? Um, I don't know. I, I would give New Orleans at least a chance to win a game, maybe two, because you have Anthony Davis, who on any given night in this series can be the the best player on the, on the floor when you think about what he can do on both ends, how dominant he can be in the right positions. Uh, but the Pelicans have to do a better job of defending. They have to do a better job, especially of defending without fouling. You know, giving up those 32 free throw attempts, they had, I think, nine for themselves in game one. is just not going to fly. And obviously, it's not going to get even any easier if Steph Curry is out there. Uh, but if the Pelicans, the Pelicans have shown, at least among their top players, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and Rajon Rondo in particular, that those guys can step up in a big way in a playoff series. And obviously, the Warriors are a very different beast from the, the Portland Trailblazers, but I wouldn't necessarily put it past them to win a game here. It's just they're going to have to seize that mental edge from the Warriors. It's not going to be granted to them. They're going to have to go out and take it tonight. Hmm. I want to ask you this. Uh, we're with Josh Martin, covers the NBA. Josh, it seems like uh, the, the mythical best coach in the league, um, you know, you ask a bunch of people that follow the NBA, I would have to assume that Greg Popovich would, uh, you know, be more people than not's answer to this. Is he about to pass the torch maybe to Brad Stevens, who is quickly opening some eyes for what he's, in particular this year with this depleted Celtics team, uh, what he is doing with this team? Uh, Brad Stevens is a witch. I mean, I would like to see, for this the sake of this discussion, I think Brad Stevens would probably have to win a title before he can be considered the best coach in the league. And I think you know Eric Spolstra would certainly uh, have some 
some uh, a dog in that fight because he's got a couple titles, obviously. Um, I think Steve Kerr would like to think that he's got some coaching chops, mm-hmm. too, after what sure. he's been able to accomplish with the Warriors here over the last four years. Obviously, Brad Stevens is a, is a really, really great coach. Uh, he understands his personnel well. Uh, but some credit for that also obviously belongs to Danny Ainge, yep. who has built that roster and found that talent and put put them into Brad's hands and trusted him with that talent to, to make it work. And obviously Brad has done that. You saw that last night with Terry Rozier coming up big. You know, Al Horford has been really great for them. They did all that without Jalen Brown beating uh, beating the Sixers pretty handily and having Jason Tatum come through big for them. Obviously, Brad has a huge part in that because he understands his personnel, he understands their strengths and weaknesses, and puts them in positions to succeed. And in the NBA, obviously, that's huge. Because you see so often guys are miscast in roles that just don't make sense for them but are supposed to be for the better of the team and doesn't work out for either party. Brad, I think, has um, he's established a, a good system there in Boston, he has good talent in that system now, and I think it's all sort of gelling together and certainly bolstering his case as maybe not the best coach in the league, but certainly one of the best. He's on his way. Josh Martin, follow him on Twitter, at Josh Martin NBA at Josh Martin NBA. On his page, you'll find uh, all the information where to get his podcast. You've got that to do. We'll let you get out of here and go do that. Thank you, Josh Martin. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. All right, thank you. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Josh. Josh Martin joining us as we talk a little NBA. When we come back, we're going to talk to, well, you are going to talk to Dr. Stephen Fuller. Yes. The Hawkeye Swarm is upon us. We're going to take a trip uh, down memory lane a few times this year as we move closer ever so slowly. But the Hawkeye Swarm has a much bigger purpose, as you know, Trent. It's all part of the Iowa Mission of Mercy, where dentists across the state of Iowa get together for a weekend in the fall, to offer free dental care for people who can't afford it. This year, it's in Sioux City. Great. Um, last year, it was in Cedar Rapids. But this is, um, it's going to culminate. The swarm will, you and I are going to take the show on the road to a yet-to-be-determined location. It's going to be a fundraiser, uh, Hawkeye tickets, raffles, etc. Uh, because this is a very expensive endeavor to bring yeah. all this dental. It's essentially, dentists move their office to this location once a year. They clean teeth, they fill cavities, they even do root canals. It's really wow. phenomenal. Over a million dollars of dentistry is given out for free on this weekend That's as part awesome. of the Mission of Mercy. So you and Doc Fuller are going to uh, join. The, we're gonna, where are you going this? This week we're uh, going to take a look at the Big Ten stadiums. We're Good idea. go into a little bit some of our favorites, least favorites, kind of rank them, put them into some tiers, and see what comes out on top. Kiddick. We leave that one aside. And we'll come back, and after that, we will wrap things up. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back, and a new segment that we have here on our programs on 1700 KBGG. Happen to welcome in a friend of the program, Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistry. Uh, Sponsors the hotline during the Ken Miller Show. And Dr. Fuller, good to have you aboard. Hawkeye Swarm is uh, the name of our segment. We're going to do this weekly, hearing them during both of our local shows. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun, Trent, and good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a little while, and uh, back at it once again. Starting to warm up outside, spring football in the books, but long summer, long off season before we get back to football. 
Well, and they got a lot of construction to get completed down there in yeah. that north end zone. I was down for the spring game, and and uh, they got some concrete that needs to be poured and some bleachers <laughs> that need to be put back, and and that nice giant logo of the Tiger Hawk on the uh, water tower, and we'll be set to kick off in September. So, how much of the uh, the north end zone project will be completed this year? Because it's not going to be a hundred percent completed. I know that. Um, my understanding is the suites will not be completed, okay. um, and but the 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 outside bleachers will be completed. But uh, they better step it up a pace. Uh, it's not Disneyland down there where they can get it done uh, in a matter of weeks. Right. Uh, like I said, they were still pouring. Uh, they need to pour some concrete, and they got to get the base down also. So it, it it's going to be a wonder, and that's one reason why I went down to the spring football game, because I, I didn't figure we were going to see a whole lot, and I was correct. <laughs> right, yeah. Always <laughs> difficult to pull a lot out of that, and uh, well, that's kind of the case every year. But we got the offseason in front of us. So here on the Hawkeye Swarm, listening each and every week on Tuesdays during the Ken Miller Show with myself, and then on Fridays uh, during Jimmy B and TC on your drive home, we're going to bring you this segment, and what it's going to be is during the off season, we're going to really take a look back, and and we're going to take a look back at some great seasons in Hawkeye history, great games, moments, just all kinds of different things. Doc, uh, well, give us your Hawkeye credentials for for people that don't know. Tell us about your love for the Hawkeyes and how it all started. Well, I can uh, blame it all on my dad. I think uh, back in 1961, when I was born, uh, you know, uh, I was christened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a young, uh, gr- young growing up, uh, we would go down. My dad had season tickets uh, since the fifties, mm-hmm. early you know when he got back from uh, Germany, and he would actually was listening to uh, uh, the Rose Bowl when he was stationed in Germany. So, wow. uh, you, if you're a Fuller, uh, you really didn't have too much chance of going anywhere else but to the University of Iowa. Uh, you know, my dad went to Drake and he graduated from Drake from undergrad and, and, uh, then went to dental school. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had season tickets, uh, for basketball over at, uh, the Knapp Center and, and, uh, and basically football because it's so much easier to, uh, you know, watch basketball at Drake, uh, yeah. instead of road tripping down to Iowa City. Uh, it can be treacherous coming back on I-80. So, uh, I think uh, I was christened black and gold, so. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun with this and a lot of great moments in history we're going to go through here in our Hawkeye Swarm segment. So today, it's going to do something a little bit off the beaten path. We're going to talk about the best Big Ten road stadium that you've been to. Now, I personally have been to every Big Ten stadium except for the two new ones. Haven't been to Rutgers, haven't been to Maryland. Where do you sit? I'm uh, on the same boat with okay. you. Um, we uh, I, I planned to try to get to those two, but uh, schedule wise, it just didn't work out. Yep. Um, I'm going to make it to those two sooner or later. Uh, I was actually the last time I was in, in Penn at Penn State. It was prior to uh, them being uh, extended the invitation to come into the Big Ten. Oh, okay. And uh, so I, I need to get back there because uh, they've made many upgrades uh, to their stadium, just like uh, a lot of them have around the Big Ten. So uh, the one that really needs to make some upgrades is uh, Nebraska. Yeah, and uh, you know. Thinking of that and, and thinking forward, you know, other stops that need to be there. I'm in the same boat. Haven't 
going to make it at some point, but but going to. So let's go through here and and let's talk about the dregs first. The the worst Big Ten stadium experiences. Now this can entail a lot of different things. It's the people that you run into can also play a part of it. Tailgating scene bars maybe around there if you're going to hit the nightlife after the game whatever it may be so i kind of have my own set of rankings but that bottom tier and at the bottom tier for me one that jumps out is indiana now i haven't been there since their renovations i was back in fact it was john butcher's first ever start i believe uh back in 98 something like that it's been a long time 20 years holy cow i'm I'm getting old the doc yeah well (laughs) i was there uh basically when they uh when they still had the the two stands on mm-hmm. uh, both sides, uh, I've been there since they uh, enclosed the. I believe it's the north end zone, okay. and uh, we were there. Dad and I were there. Uh, actually, we were playing uh, a game at Indiana, and we they were actually kicking and uh, the field goals and they had to have somebody in the construction zone to throw the ball back out so uh we were just recently there um not last year but the year before when we played over there and Mm -hmm. and um uh they uh it's a beautiful stadium i mean they've made many upgrades to uh indiana university stadium memorial stadium if i remember correctly is what it's called and uh now they're enclosing the south end zone okay but um it's a head scratcher why because uh they really don't fill the stands and uh when we went to get when I went to get tickets for the Indiana game, I called down the University of Iowa and uh, they advised me that probably I should call Indiana. I could probably get some better tickets. In oh, fact, uh, they have student tickets. Uh, so instead of paying full uh, full price for my three kids, I was able to pick up student tickets. I, I don't remember if it was five or ten dollars, but uh, you know, it's a nice stadium. It really is. And if you get over there, you can go see the uh, John uh, Cougar uh, Mellencamp uh, yeah. practice facility, and uh, they've made a lot of upgrades uh, since the time before I was there. I mean, they've got beautiful facilities, uh, baseball, softball, and uh, my understanding is they um, did an expansion to Assembly Hall uh, for the basketball pro- uh, basketball and volleyball program. So beautiful campus, really one of the one of my favorite campuses in the Big Ten. Football experience is a little bit lacking, but that's one I put on the bottom tier. Another on the bottom tier for me uh, is both Illinois and Northwestern, the two Illinois schools. Well, you got to put Purdue in there, too. And Purdue's I mean, in that bottom. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always had fun. I've been to Purdue a couple Purdue's of times. Purdue's a good time. Had fun. It's uh, if you're if you're a young single guy and you're looking for ladies, Purdue's not the place. No, though. no. Make sure that's an Indiana trip, not a Purdue yeah, trip. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Purdue experience, the stadium, and if you're in the Iowa section in the end zone, you get that stupid train whistle in your ear all game long. That sucks. Well, they've actually taken out that section oh, of uh, of the bleachers. Oh. Well, you know, when you don't sell them, yeah, you, you yeah, get rid yeah, of them. Yeah. And uh, it's now a quasi-horseshoe. Uh, last time I was there, um, I, it was my son and I, 
and uh, we met Dr. Rovner over there, and uh, they were actually, uh, believe it or not, having a, a wrestling exhibition mm. where those stands used to be. Oh, really? So, uh, you know, you know you aren't selling tickets when you allow your student section to be right on the 50-yard line. Right. So, yes. and I believe students get in for free or greatly reduced tickets. So, I would probably say Purdue is close to being a bottom feeder Mm -hmm. and there again nebraska because you know um i just can't believe their facilities with the uh you know with the success that they've had with their program i mean you know um it's not a thing of beauty no it's not it's 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 very odd it's big it's big it's big but it is you and know, you better not have to go to the bathroom because, uh, you know, they don't have those there either. And, and you can go all the way down to field level and you can walk on the outside. It's just, it doesn't feel like a Big Ten stadium. It no. doesn't. No. It, it has a different kind of feel. Yeah. And the facilities, you know, need to be upgraded mm-hmm. somehow. But I know. mentioned Illinois. They've gone through renovations. The Bears played there in the mid-aughts and they have had some renovations. I haven't been back there. They're in a wind tunnel. It was 2004 is the last time I was in Illinois. It's probably about the same. Not a great experience. No. And, you know, if I remember correctly, the it's the south end zone that uh, had the, the, the track actually ran under part of the bleachers. Yeah. And I think they've renovated uh, that uh, south end zone. But I have yet to be back to, again, that that's called Memorial Stadium. One nice Another thing about one. that uh, stadium is uh, – you know, you've got the seating outside, but when you go to the concession stands, it's all enclosed and it's all heated in there. So if it's cold out, you just you can go Hold under in. you can go underneath and and warm up. You know, it kind of reminds me of Kinnick, so to speak. But uh, Memorial Stadium is all enclosed underneath there, and they have the heaters going full blast. So it, it's it's a nice experience, and I think uh, if I remember right, we go there this year, and yeah. I might be uh, hitting Illinois and Indiana this year. Champagne can be uh, pretty fun. Had a good time tailgating there, uh, though. After the game, we were told back to go to the, back to our farms in Iowa by by some frat guys, and I said, "Hey, buddy, turn around." There is a silo in a barn literally on your campus. Shut your mouth and we kept moving on. Well, yeah, that's basically what, uh, you know, they called us a bunch of farmers. And I said, but we don't have corn on our campus. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> same same story along that line. So, you know. The other one, Northwestern on the bottom tier. It's a glorified high school stadium. It is. Uh, there again, you know, uh, they've made many upgrades yes. uh, from uh, when I first started going there uh, many, many years ago. I mean, uh, you weren't sure if uh, going into the bathrooms, if uh, the stadium was going to collapse on your head. Uh, but, uh, you know, there again, it's a it's a private university mm-hmm. and, you know, they were a bottom feeder uh at the, you know, on the field until uh, their new coach uh, came on, and and uh, they've made some nice improvements to uh, the, the I believe it's the north end zone where they brought out from uh, what is their field house, um, and uh, they've upgraded that area, and it's it's a nice cozy yes. experience. And and my suggestion is if. Uh, you go to the ticket office and walk up, uh, throw away your Hawkeye stuff, and you'll get a better ticket. Uh, if you uh, go in there with a Hawkeye jersey or something on, they'll uh, sell you the worst seat, even though uh, they, there's many more uh, be- you know, good seats before that. So 
That's my advice for Northwestern. And the the best part about it is, if you're going to make a weekend of it, it's a weekend in Chicago. So. It's a weekend in Chicago. So that that's kind of maybe that would raise it up compared to West Lafayette or Champaign and places like that because it is Chicago. Yeah, you you've got some other activities you can go to uh, before and after the game. All right, so let's go to the middle tier. The the next tier, those are our bottom feeders. Let let's go to the middle. TCF Bank up in Minnesota. It's a new stadium. You can buy Green Belt in there, which I love, so I can have a cold one while I'm watching the game. But, uh, I mean, it's okay. It, it's, it was just so much more fun when you'd go to the Dome and there'd be 25,000 Hawkeye fans there. Well, you know, and, and um, they did a study <laughs> prior to raising $55-plus plus million to uh, build that stadium that uh, they had more upsets uh, outside than uh, when they moved to the Dome. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, whoever decided to pay for that study, you know, you got to <laughs> be scratching your head because it's like um, all the schools within the Big Ten play in cold climate. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to get a... Uh, you're going to get an upset inside or outside because that's the way it is. It's one of the few stadiums I've ever been in that is not situated east, uh, north to south. It's actually situated east to uh, east to west, mm-hmm. and it threw me off for quite a while because I'm trying to figure out, you know, the directions within the stadium. And you know, you're thinking, okay, the north end zone, south end zone, and and uh, but and. I'm not a real tall person, mm-hmm. but it the seats, the bleachers are just about an inch too low. So my knees are actually sitting higher than my hips. So by the end of the game, my hips are so sore from sitting there. So, uh, you know, I don't know if they got their $55 million worth. <laughs> well, I know I can cure that real quick. Another grain belt. Yeah. <laughs> or that, some cushions. <laughs> oh, that too. That, that, that too. All right, also in the middle tier for me, Michigan State, it's fine. It's it's, it's milk toast. It's it's a decent, it's good size stadium, 75,000. Fans are pretty good. Students can be a little rollicking, but but overall, it's just, it's fine. It's something that's a big a Hawkeye fan, you should hit at one point. But that's not one that you have to have on your bucket list. You want to go to seven, eight, ten times. Well, it's a it's a really nice stadium. I mean, you know, you can park right outside and fairly close. And uh, um, even when uh, we had that uh, last second, well, eight second catch uh, uh, to win the game, um, uh, it, it was so loud in there, you know. And those fan, you know, the student section can just get so loud. And how we drove the ball down and got that uh, game-winning touchdown, I'll never know. But uh, you talk about when that ball was caught and the uh, referee put his arms up for a touchdown, it went from major decibel level to silence. Mm. And so it is an, it's a nice stadium. It really is. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, if you can road trip up there and spend some time, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's a nice East Lansing's nice. I mean, you know, it's and they're friendly. Yeah, they're yeah, they're all right. They're all right. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe had an experience. You had a bad experience up there, well, well, you know. Yeah. And and the game that I went to, it was uh, one they lost sixteen thirteen. I want to say maybe oh six oh seven, right in that range. And uh, I had an opportunity to kick a field goal that would have tied it. 
Instead, they went fourth and one, Sean Green. Fullback went the wrong way. Play got blown up. They lost. But, yeah, we ran into a couple of mouthy students. That's going to happen. Yeah, students regardless are. Of uh, students are, are, you know. They, you got they, anything they, else, Doc, in the in the middle tier before we get to the upper crust? Well. That, that you don't want to put up there in the upper tier? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're hitting it here. Because for me, still in that middle tier, and this might surprise some people, is the big house. The big house is a huge bowl. There aren't dimensions to it. It is one big bowl. It's not overly loud, even when they get loud. It was a great experience. I was there in 02 when Iowa throttled them, 34 to 9, one of my favorite. In fact, when we do that show of our favorite uh, road games we've ever been to, that will be at the top of my list. But it wasn't a wow factor. Growing up, hearing about the big house and the 110,000 and all these things, and it's just, it's fine. But it's not great. No, it kind of reminds me of the Rose Bowl, so to speak. I mean, uh, and, you know, as a fan, you wish you, you hope there's never a fire there because nobody's going to get out of that place right. because uh, uh, how they ever passed the fire code with the aisles uh, with 110,000 in there. You cannot literally walk two people up in the aisles to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when they made that expansion, it wasn't an expansion. They just dug the bowl deeper, yep. you know. So uh, it, it, it's nice. It has the aura, so to speak. And uh, but. You know, it, it's a classic old stadium, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you you got to probably put it in there, you know, upper middle, you know, but it's, it's it's you know, it, it it's a classic, yeah. you know, and you got to go to the classics. So uh, we got, I believe, three remaining. Beaver Stadium, Penn State, Camp Randall, Michigan, and uh, Ohio State at the Horseshoe. Of those three, how would you rank the final three that we have remaining? Well, you know, uh, that there again, uh, you boy, you better bring your bodyguards when you go to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wear your black and gold, you're going to hear it. Yeah, you're going to hear it, and you may get accosted. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, they, you know, Barry Alvarez has done a great job up there and raising the money and things like that. And I can remember uh, going up there and sitting in that upper deck uh, at uh, Camp Randall up there. And uh, they used to play uh, the song, uh, when you say Budweiser, but it's when you say Wisconsin, you said it all. And uh, then they would get to swaying. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole upper tier would literally sway. Well, the administration, uh, the, the easy fix was to not allow the band to play the song during the games because they were afraid the upper deck would come crashing down on the lower deck. So that was their fix, structural engineering fix. We just don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, but uh, it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you better beware and uh, you don't have too many Budweisers up there because uh, you don't know what will happen. Yeah. Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. Uh, I personally, and I, I've been to Madison more than any other place. I have family that lives in Madison, so that that's a part of it. But I've never had, you know, negative comments really outside of good natured ribbing. But I've heard a lot of people that have had the other side of it. So I understand that. But it's not just, I mean, the stadium, it's big. Jump around's cool going into the fourth quarter, seeing that. But uh, oh, you got bars close by. Oh, yeah. Tailgate scene's fun. Madison's just a fun town. I, I've always enjoyed it there. And I'm sure at some point I'll probably have a negative experience. But, but it's certainly up there. 
Still, it is third to me. The, the, the two at the top are Penn State and Beaver Stadium and the Horseshoe. Uh, I'm going to start first. I've been to both of them multiple times. I'm going to go with Penn State first. And it is a different kind of environment. Uh, was there for the Adrian Claiborne block punt game in 2009 in the driving rain all game long. Came back a couple of years later. Lost a, a ho-hum 13-3 game to uh, the Nittany Lions in that one. A couple weeks later, we hear about the Joe Pa and uh, what happened there a couple weeks later, which was just incredibly surreal to to be in there. But you come in, first of all, State College is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You don't, no easy way to get there. It takes a little. We took an RV both time. Uh, one of the times drove an RV in and uh, did the tailgate in the RV lot both times. Tailgating scene is incredible. A lot of fun. Very nice fan base overall. You get a very accommodating uh, group. Hey, Glad to have you here. They'll hand you a beer, hand you a brat. It's it's very cool that way. The stadium itself, though, it is weird. I mean, it it's like an erector set. Yeah, I mean, they just kind of added here, added there, yeah. and and when we were there, the funny thing was uh, the wrestling program set up a card table, uh, trying to raise money to raise their uh, their program uh, up. And uh, they were raising money. And, and at that time, Dan Gable was uh, the wrestling uh, coach at the University of Iowa. And, uh, you know, it was uh, the big discussion was break up Iowa, you know, because they were such a powerhouse yeah. and everything like that. And, and we got to talking to the, the, those guys and they said, oh, we don't want to, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to do anything negative to Iowa. We want to be like Iowa. We want to emulate Iowa. And so we reached in our pockets and we gave them money. <laughs> don't want to do that anymore. No, don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> don't Sorry. Don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> really enjoy Penn but, State. One of my certainly favorites. And it's it's difficult to get to, but if you can, one year flew into Pittsburgh, rented a car, drove that way, went to a Pirates game. Uh, that was 09. Went to the Pirates game on Friday night and drove in on Saturday. Uh, but Definitely have to have it up there. And I finish up Ohio State. It's at the top. Now, it's at the top for stadium experience. And most importantly to me, the crowd noise. It's loud. It is incredibly loud. I've been to Tuscaloosa for an Alabama-Tennessee game back in 2009 when they were playing for their first championship. You know, that's a big rivalry game. And and big uh, Cody blocked a couple of kicks in that game. That was loud. Ohio State, I've never heard anything louder. It it can get loud. It can get deafening in in uh, the horseshoe, and, and and it's surprising, you know, with the open end. I mm-hmm. mean, and I don't think they have any plans in in enclosing that. And it's one of the unique uh, stadiums because they actually have uh, dormitories underneath the stadium, and uh, so it, it, what an experience. And and uh, uh, the one time that uh, we were there. Um, we had upset Ohio State and walking back to the car, and uh, here's this little old lady that uh, uh, had her uh, fur coat on and you know riding in the Cadillac, and she uh, rolls down her window and and uh, fingers us as we were just trying to walk across the street, and we couldn't help but laugh at her. The Buckeye salute! You got the Buckeye salute as you were leaving. Uh, yeah, Welcome the, to Ohio State. Yes, the, the fan base far and away is the worst in the Big Ten. I don't think it is close. It is the worst group of fans that I've ever come across in any sporting event. They're awful. But the stadium experience is very cool. Bar's very close. Tailgating's difficult there. In fact, the three times that I've been there, I've never actually tailgated. 
We just went to the bars that were close because you have to be a big donor to be close by. Close, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you and get us visitors, in. we're not those guys. No, no, they aren't going to give you any uh, nope. perks. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> They're going to give you the worst seats, low down, and the horseshoe. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, our look at the Big Ten stadiums. People maybe making some plans for this summer, looking into the future schedules. You can hit up Doc Fuller at. Where can I find him on Twitter now? At Hawkeye Swarm is where you can find yep, Hawkeye Do- Swarm. Find Dr. Fuller there. If you got any questions, you can find me at Trent Condon. And uh, we've been to all of them except for the new ones. We will obviously pass that along when we make it out to Maryland and out to uh, Rutgers. Yeah, it, it, you know, like I said, I can't wait to get to Maryland and, and go see uh, Rutgers because it, what I think they have the oldest – What's their claim, Trent? Uh, uh, Rutgers is, is, is the, the oldest, oldest college football, football program in the country. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, Played the first ever game. Yeah, and that's hard to believe. Yeah. It, it's out there. I mean, you know, because you, you think of Michigan and yeah. Ohio State and Oklahoma and Texas, you'd think their programs were much older. But uh, I guess uh, – when you're a bottom feeder, sometimes like Rutgers, you you kind of forget that stat. Stake, stake your claim anywhere <laughs> yeah. that you can. Well, this was the Hawkeye Swarm. You can catch it, catch it each and every week here on 1700. Tuesdays during the Ken Miller Show and Fridays during Jimmy B and TC. That's Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistry and the Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Two locations on East 29th Street in Des Moines and on 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Doc, we'll do it next week. All right. Thanks, Trent. Have a good week. All right. Welcome back. Uh, final segment of the program. Uh, thanks again to uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller. The, uh, Of course, uh, the hotline is the Dr. Stephen Fuller Family Fuller, uh, Fuller Family Dentistry is what I'm trying to say. A couple of locations, each 29th Street in Des Moines and 8th Street in Altoona. Now, you and the doc are going to do a few of these things. Yeah. That's kind of long-winded there. It was a wheelhouse topic that you both enjoyed. It, it was, and since, well, we had 14 stadiums to talk about, we left Kinnick off, and neither of us have been to the new ones, uh, Maryland and Rutgers, and on the to-do list. But have Wh- you... Which of those two? Uh, I, I haven't been to either. Neither. Now, which done. one do you want to get to? Well, I'm going to get to both at some point. Which one will you go to first? Probably Maryland. Just I would, too. it's a more competitive game, yep. but then... The Rutgers is a trip to New York. It brings New York into the so, equation. And I've never done that. So right. there's a little yin and yang. Flying to Newark. Flying to Newark. Yeah. I've heard that many times before. That's, Stay away from LaGuardia at all costs. Have you been to any other Big Ten stadiums other than Kinnick? Memorial in Lincoln. How, how was that? It was phenomenal. What? I loved it. I did. I really You need to get around it if you love that one because well, that was reason, in our bottom tier. Was it? The reason I like it is because it's so old. Or where I was in, I yeah. mean, you could see the... I don't know what, I'm not a horticulturist. (laughs) You know, there were cracks in the foundations. There were not weeds growing. Maybe there were weeds. Probably. Um, That's a dump. Yeah, I I didn't mind it. Um, What else? I think that's probably the only one I've been, of course, you know, the the Metrodome, but it's gone. Uh, Yeah, that would be it. We need to, well, it's so difficult to get you away. I know. I miss too much. Maybe you need to get a Friday night game and you can hit one of those. Now, well, that's, we're talking about the Big Ten, though. I thought yeah. they ixnayed that. Yeah, it's, it's a little back and forth. There's a few this year, I yeah, believe. There are. Still. In yeah. fact, we, we open up on a, I want to say a Thursday with a Big Ten. Minnesota's played those Thursday night games a lot. In the they have, yes. They're usually uh, one that jump right out there. Of course, last year we got Ohio State, Indiana. To kick off We've got an early one this year. Trent, I'm going to get it for you because I want to be accurate. We strive for accuracy on That's, the Ken Miller program. If nothing else. If nothing else. <laughs> right? All right. Here's what we got. Um, 
Thursday night, the season kicks off the 30th of August. There is, I thought, yes, there is, Northwestern at Purdue. Oh, that's a real nice one. There, That's not bad. Yeah. Um, then Friday night, no Big Ten, Colorado, Colorado State play. Mm-hmm. That's always a big rivalry game. Yep. So there you go. There's your um, your first. Uh, Minnesota hosts uh, New Mexico State. Okay. But there is actually, as we just discussed, a Big Ten tilt on the 30th of August. Good stuff there. Yeah. So uh, that's on the to-do list. What was your, well, I mean. I, I, At the top was Ohio State for me. Sure. And and for Doc? Yeah, he, he added up there. The one that probably, I think, surprised people was the Big House. Kind of middle tier for me. Yeah, so I hear that from a lot of people. It's a big bowl. That's mm-hmm. it. It's not loud. It's mm-hmm. for 110,000. It's incredibly quiet. Plus, it was also another uh, topic Doc and I are going to get into, our favorite games we've been to. My favorite ever road game, 2002, 34-9 over Michigan in the big house. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, this Iowa team, maybe they are pretty good. Well, I remember when we were setting this up, you told Doc, we'll do five, five six, seven minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, the rest of them probably won't be nearly right. as long, no, but that first one. Yeah, it's a topic that uh, both meant a lot to you. If I could go to one stadium uh, in the Big Ten, it would be... Um, I'm going to go see Penn State. Yeah, it's it's an record. A whiteout at night. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It's even better when Iowa wins. Yeah. I mean, I've been on both sides. I bet you have. A lot more fun. That, that 12, 13-hour drive home is a lot better Ooh. when uh, the Hawkeyes have But you victory. fly to Pittsburgh, right? Would be the way to attack it? That's how you would do it. Mm-hmm. We, we did the RV trip one time. Well, you were younger then. I was. Not anymore. No. It's all about flights now. Uh, what's uh, what's tonight all about for you? A uh, little NBA. Going to see what we see out of the Cavs and mm-hmm. against Toronto. Hey, if Tristan Thompson plays like he did. Wasn't he something the other Sunday, day? Will he start again? He should, right? He should, absolutely. He put the Kardashian Now, why did, him. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think you, you say that kind of in jest, but there might be something to that. Yeah. His head might not have been in the right oh, place. Oh, not, not at all. And then when those uh, photos were published of... You know, while she's giving birth and he's out in some bar and some, you know, I don't know, high, whatever. I mean, surrounded by a couple of women who clearly um, yeah. had other ideas for Ladies Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I uh, certainly wanted to get to know the player. Um, <laughs> so I think there's probably something to do that, Trent. I do. Yeah. But boy, his head was on straight on Sunday and then you saw the result of that one. All right. Well, you cover that. I'll, uh, I'll handle the NHL for us tonight. What time do we get your... Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. So I'll be I'll probably be dipping in third period to that one. All right, because it's uh, Pittsburgh Washington at six thirty, and then the Jets host Nashville in Game Three at seven. They Again, could have staggered that a little bit more. Well, I'm glad they're doing it on Thursday. They don't drop the puck to late forty on mm-hmm. Thursday. Likewise on Saturday for Game Number Five. But as I said yesterday, if you don't, if you want, if you're trying to get into the NHL, you don't have a team. I get Winnipeg's way down your list, but there's 10 Americans on the team. Yeah. Nine of whom who will play significant roles tonight. I mean, the three left of, or the three right handed defensemen are all Americans. The goalie's American. First line center, or the first line left winger, Kyle Connor, went to Michigan. Uh, Blake Wheeler went to Minnesota. He's the captain of the team. There's 10 of them. They're great players. And, um, it's high board. level hockey. It's for, high level hockey. For a guy that like me that doesn't know hockey. You could tell the difference. There is a difference yeah. in this series. It is high level stuff no and doubt. I'll be watching. Baseball tonight for you. Well, uh, your team gets my team, yeah. Blue Jays Twins, so that obviously Jays drew first blood. They, they in this, did. It's the three or four three game series. Three game series yeah. and uh I think after yeah, the twins go to Chicago for the White Sox after this one. Uh of course Cubs gotta flip it on. Mm-hmm. 
last night was that a Facebook game also? No, I watched it on. Uh, well, it NBC was on TV, Chicago. but I thought I had saw yes, something. Yes, yes, I believe it was because I watched Cappy and De Jesus on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They did a little video tease. That, well, something about the game on Facebook. We'll join you on Facebook. So I don't know, I'm, and I'm not a Facebooker. <laughs> no, you haven't dived. No, nor will I ever be one. Instagram that comes no. soon. Twitter pics from around the house. You and your recliner. Yeah, that's uh, no. I'm gonna just. Uh, <laughs> I don't see that happening. Just do my Twitter. Watch a little Arizona Dodgers last night. Arizona's good. Dodgers and not so much. The Dodgers. Corey the, Sager now with the Seager story. Yeah. They got to make moves now, don't you? I mean, there's... Well, the one move that everybody talks about is Machado, and right. I guess he's available, but that's going to be a king's ransom. You would think. A guy that can play short or yes. third for you. Yes. Which is why kind of... I mean, Addison Russell's bat's heating up. Credit mm-hmm. where credit's due. Finally. Uh, you know, right. We were killing him. Not last killing week. him, but we had concerns. Yeah. Yeah, last week and even uh, earlier in April. Um, but the bat's heating up. I thought, you know, Russell and a couple of prospects... Although there's not a lot of prospects left in this Cubs right. farm system, it's you know that they've uh, spent that currency in previous years. So, uh, yeah, hockey for me tonight maybe a little bit of um, Astros yeah. Yankees. That was fun last night. Yeah, what happened? Sonny there? Gray actually pitched well. Did for he? The first fi- time. He finally did. Huh? Well, he started stopped dinking around and trying mm-hmm. to just throw strikes. Hey, uh, Lance Lynn. Speaking of dinking around, zero oh. and three. That surprises me. The missed a disappointing start for him. Yeah, and it's I mean some historically it the team. bad numbers. It's really really yeah. ugly. So. What are you going to do? Mm. They dug themselves a hole. Sano's hurt. Buxton's hurt. Looks like a lost season as it's May 1st. True. And and Buxton had a, uh, a fracture? like a Broken toe. Is that what it is? Broken toe after the concussion that put him down for a while. Who knows? He uh, Does Molly survive? That's a good question. You know, the new regime mm-hmm. had the... There was some talk, remember, in the offseason yes. whether he's going to come back or not. Right. I would say no. Yeah. If, if this keeps going like this, this path, I'm going to say no, and Falvey and Levine will get their guy. Uh, speaking of getting their guy, who did you and Jimmy B get to join you this afternoon from 4 to 6? We'll be talking some Cyclones today. Alex Halstead's going to stop by and really going to dive deep into the AU scene, who Iowa State's after mm. on basketball with a spring going on. We've talked DJ Carton a lot with the yep. Iowa's perspective, but Iowa State is heavily involved. They came in a little bit later but uh, the ground to make up for them. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more with Alex Halstead. We got Ryan Van Bibber putting a cap on the draft with him. Four until six on your drive home. Yeah, Matthew Bain did a good piece on uh, DJ Carton in today's Des Moines Register. We will be back tomorrow at noon. Jimmy B and TC get you home from four until six. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you tomorrow, straight up, 12 o'clock noon on the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG.